Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. There are two readings today. The first is from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 7. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. The second reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 to 18. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. May be seated.
So I will remind you once again that in your bulletins you do have questions and scripture passages so that you can reflect on things throughout this week. Uh, So I encourage you to have those because it also gives you a space where you can write some notes. You can jot a few things down so that when the Spirit speaks to you, you'll know exactly what uh, you should do. Uh, So I'd ask that you pray with me. Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word. So God, I ask that you would speak to us. Speak to us now in this time. Let us, let us truly hear your voice. And God, may the words that I speak no longer be my own, but your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we begin this, uh, this season we call Advent. Well, many of us know what that actually means. I think it might be good to explain it just a little because the church sometimes uses some pretty strange words, some pretty strange names at times within the church here, as well as to describe certain activities within the church. I guess you could say that we, we kind of have this insider language at times. I'd rather that we didn't, but here we are talking about Advent. So what does it actually mean, and how does it relate to the church especially this time of year. Well, Merriam-Webster defines it as a coming into being or a coming into use. That's the definition. When the word isn't capitalized, when it is, it's described as a, a period of four Sundays before Christmas or the coming of Christ at the Incarnation. Once again, another really large word used by those in the church to describe God becoming human in the form of the Son, Jesus Christ. This season of Advent is truly a season of anticipation. We wait, just as the Israelites did for the Messiah to come, hoping to see him at any moment returning in the clouds. But it is also a season of waiting for the day when we remember Jesus' birth. It truly is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Well, maybe it is. Our series during Advent is is taking an in-depth look into a character you might not have imagined that you would hear about on Sunday mornings. He's a character whom we... We know all too well from from books, our TVs, and and movies. He's green, mean, and downright nasty. He is the Grinch. And his life is what we are going to focus on for the next four weeks. Many of you, I, I, I dare to say all, know about the Grinch from childhood memories of reading the book from Dr. Seuss, watching the half-hour animated special, or maybe even from Jim Carrey's adaptation in the movies. Either way, many have an infatuation with this little green guy. Some, not so much. (laughs) Maybe I should ask you, do you remember your first impression of the Grinch? 
Could you relate to him? Maybe the descriptions given came a little too close. Or maybe you know someone who is the spitting image of the Grinch. Minus the green color, of course. Do you know someone who seems to suck the life out of family gatherings, holiday celebrations, or just everyday life? Ever refer to them as the Grinch? While we did our best to celebrate Christmas last year, especially with our our drive-in Christmas Eve service, I think we need to acknowledge that it seems like It seems like Christmas was stolen from us last year. Yes, we decorated. We worshiped online from inside the sanctuary. But it was so different. Many of our traditions were were just taken away. However, this year seems a bit different, doesn't it? Well, let's think about this Grinch person for a bit, shall we? When you think of him, what comes to mind? Maybe, maybe it's the color green, the angry frown, or someone whose heart is just too small. Can you think of someone like this? Maybe you just had Thanksgiving around the table with someone like this. You know, the one who never seems to be happy, always complaining, Maybe the word Grinch fits them. Someone would, some would also say that in every family there's a Grinch character. And if you can't figure out who that person is, but seriously, I mean, I think we can all relate to the Grinch in one way or another. Think about it for a minute. Is there, is there something to, through this season that just gets on your nerves? Is there something that you wish would just go away so that you could just enjoy this Christmas season for what it is. For me, it might be hanging the lights. You know, the one goes out, they all go out. Or how they amazingly find a way to tangle themselves up every summer. After all, they're just sitting in the basement. I don't know how in the world they get all tangled up down there. Maybe, maybe that's where the Grinch lives. But what is it for you? I think we all have at least one thing. I know at least one of my wife's. <laughs> if TBS would not show 24 hours of a Christmas story, she would be thrilled. Not sure why, but she just does not like this movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. So there's a problem in our house. (laughs) But I truly believe that there is a little bit of Grinch in all of us. But the funny thing is, is we know that the Grinch is angry. We know that he despises the Who's down in Whoville. But we don't know why. I mean, think about it from the story and that half-hour special. We don't know why the Grinch is angry. I mean, when, when the full feature movie came out, we kind of got a little bit of a backstory as to why the Grinch was 
angry. I mean, they took a lot of liberty with that backstory. But if we go back to the book, there's no mention of the exact reason. We're told that it might be because his shoes were on too tight or that his heart was three sizes too small. But no definitive answers. The Grinch just hates Christmas. Hate is a strong word. But if I were to ask you to be completely honest, would there be some things that you would say that you hated? Now, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to share those with us. and Of course, unless you want to share those on the Facebook comments, you can certainly do that. But what I want you to understand is that while the Grinch's hatred for Christmas is not something we would want to have in our lives, some hatred can be good. Some hatred can be good. Our passage from Romans talked about hating what is evil and loving what is good. There's also another passage from the prophet Amos. It's in the fifth chapter where he speaks these words, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. That sounds a little bit like the Grinch. There was a reason that God despised the celebrations of the people at that time. The worship in which they were offering was not true worship. They were not worshiping God alone, but also other gods. It was the things of the world, not of God's kingdom, if you remember from last week. So if we are to hate evil and to love good, what would those things be and what would it look like? I mean, it doesn't take long to see that, to see things that bring a strong feeling of hatred within our hearts. Violence in our streets. Homeless in our community. Systems which cause the necessity of food pantries, shelters, and dinner ministries. These can all bring that sense of disgust in our hearts. Images of, of court cases and verdicts, injustices and political divisiveness all cause something to stir within our hearts. And then, an innocent holiday parade turns tragic. Pain, frustration, and hatred that begins to build begins to fill our hearts and our souls. Hate what is evil, but love what is good. If we are to live as God calls us to, hating evil and loving good, what would that look like? So I guess we could say that if, if we hated the thought of people being hungry, looking for a meal that satisfies, then we would love serving at pads or soup kettle or the crisis center. If we hated that people didn't, didn't have a decent place to live, or call a home, 
than we would serve in a mission like Redbird in Kentucky. If we said that we hated that Native Americans were forced to live on reservations, in living conditions that were deplorable, then we would serve on an annual mission trip to Spirit Lake, North Dakota, helping the residents and the ministry center. Our hatred for things unjust, unfair, and against God's kingdom should urge us to action in order to show the love that we have for the good in this life. Hate what is evil. Love what is good. Back to our buddy the Grinch. Again, we don't fully understand why he hated Christmas so much, but we know that he was motivated. He was motivated to act on those feelings. He wanted nothing more than to eliminate Christmas altogether. The only way he could think of doing that was to eliminate all of what Christmas seems to be so that Christmas wouldn't arrive that year. For someone who isn't in the right state of mind, this might be The Grinch was thinking of that if he could only remove all the signs, all the decorations, all the music, all the lights, and all the mentions of this holiday, there would be nothing to celebrate. Nothing. Christmas wouldn't come. Right? Is that what the Grinch was expecting? After all, the story ends up with him on the top of Mount Crumpet, waiting to hear the crying, the wailing of all the who's down in Whoville. But that's not what he heard, was it? Which gets me to thinking about our expectations for Christmas. Every year, we begin this season of Advent with expectations. Sure, the expectation of this season is, is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. But what else? What are your expectations this year? Is it to have this big family gathering, a, a huge meal, a Christmas tree with presents all around it? Maybe it's to have some quiet, reflective time. Thinking about the past couple of years and, and all the things that have been taken away from you. Is it of a particular gift that you're hoping for? A particular visit from a family member or a friend? Or is it an expectation of hosting or attending a Christmas party? What will happen if those expectations are not met? What happens when, when things don't go just as planned? Will we be bitter? Will we be angry? Will we be sitting on the top of our own Mount Crumpet, green with envy, jealousy, or hatred? seem to remember a story that we focused on a few weeks back, a couple of months back actually, about a certain prophet who sat outside of town when his expectations weren't met, grumbling at God. Jonah 
didn't get his expectations met. What will we do when our expectations aren't met? Or could this actually be a place where we can grow, where our hearts can grow? If you remember, this Christmas story from long, long ago was one that caught everyone off guard. The expectations were of a warrior king to come and overthrow the Roman government. But what they got was a baby in a manger. The symbol of ultimate vulnerability. This was certainly not the expectations of the people. This truly what is the most wonderful time of the year if we let it be. It can be full of met expectations as long as our expectations are in line with God's expectations. But even in those times when life doesn't meet our desires, our response can be one of grace, hope, and love. Especially as we feel our hearts growing. Maybe even three sizes. Will you pray with me? God, we know this is a season of expectations. But many times, the expectations are not what, what eventually come. And so God, as we hear this story again about the Grinch, about his expectations... God, may we also look at ours. And may we truly expect the things of you. Those pieces of the story that we remember from so long ago. Of a baby born in a manger. And a love that has come to light up this world. And so God, continue to speak to our hearts through this series. Allow us to reflect on what your calling is for us and allow us to truly anticipate this birth, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I would ask that you would stand as you are able and join in response as we sing this this wonderful lullaby of a hymn. We'll sing all verses of Lo, how a rose air blooming. So as we get ready to leave this place, I encourage you to go next door, grab a cup of coffee and some, some refreshments and in, enjoy each other's company as you, as you spend that time transitioning to small group studies or Sunday school classes. Uh, and also while you're in there, take a little picture at the photo booth uh, and share that. Share that with your family, with your friends, share it online. We'd love to see all those photos. And on your way out, you will pick up uh, one of our gifts for this Advent season. Each week we have something for you. And so this week we have, actually it might be hard to see. Let me put the 
piece of paper behind it. There you go. Have a wonderful little Christmas ornament uh, of the nativity scene. So I encourage you to pick that up on your way out as you leave. But as you leave, go forth knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.